Welcome to the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. Thanks very much for being with us. I'm your host, William Mankelo, and my co-host, Stuart the Wildman Mabbott. Well, we normally sat side by side, but due to us all needing to self-isolate, we're recording this separately. This particular episode, you'll just be hearing my voice. Uh, as This is an episode, this is episode two of a three-part series, where I look back at three classic episodes of the podcast. I'll be listening back to a past episode to see how my point of view has changed since that recording and sometimes there's been quite a long time uh, between me talking now and the original recording. Uh, if you go back to episode one it was nearly almost uh, two years uh, as we recorded that back in 2018. But we should always allow our opinions to be changed especially in the light of new information um, so new insights pop into your head and more importantly our experiences in life. We should try to avoid getting entrenched in our own point of view. For this particular episode, uh, we're going back just only a couple of months to an episode we released on the 27th of March this year, so 2020. However, the more important date was when we actually recorded it, which was the 16th of March. Now, that date might not stick in your mind too much, but it was a week before the country went into full lockdown due to the coronavirus crisis. Now, I chose this particular episode as has it's one episode which we've seen one of the biggest increase in listens since it was released. As I listen to it, I find myself both agreeing with the points that we came up with and also disagreeing with some of them as well. We went very much with the information we had at the time and responded accordingly. It's always good to challenge your own assumptions and beliefs, especially when presented with more information. And that's which pretty much what we have now as time passes more information is known and we know more about the situation and know more about how we've reacted to it. We went through a whole series, 12-part series, just talking about this situation and quite often analogising it to the the climate crisis and very much how, again, how that has been or should be led by, by um, information. So I invite you to enjoy this classic episode and we'd particularly like to hear what you think about what we discussed and how we can make sure that we don't get entrenched in our own opinions. Enjoy the episode. The People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast doesn't follow fashion, but we're going to be talking about coronavirus. Is that really fashionable, though? Well, it's possibly one of the most popular subjects out there. Well, you know, you could all be sort of stuck behind closed doors you know, very soon, so... This is a perfect thing to be listening to when you're stuck indoors, potentially. Why William and I wanted to discuss this was there are plenty of lessons from observing what happens with society and governments at times of crisis and uh, how we can adapt better when we have to adapt to the climate situation. So what have you observed about positive and negative about governmental societal reaction to this? Well, I, you know that. I was going to start straight away with the panic buying in supermarkets, which have been incredibly, incredibly crazy, you know, that, you know, I'm all right, Jack, you know, I'm going to go get as much as I possibly can do and don't think about what everybody else does, what everybody else can do, especially those who are, maybe are, are shopping on a more of a, a regular basis rather than bulk shopping, those are able to, those people, there are people in, the, in society that can't do that. And I had an email through from the chief executive of Sainsbury's. Me too, me too. Yeah. You got that. Yeah, and yeah, it said, yeah. uh, just buy what you normally do 
and there's enough for everybody. It kind of reminds. What was the obsession? Is the obsession with bog roll? I was talking about this recently. That I think that social media has something something to do to sort of. I think social media has a big impact. Obviously, it has a big impact because you'll see um, you'll see photographs that people are sharing that the one that the the shelves are empty in one supermarket. And I was saying this to a friend earlier that. You know, in the whole of Oxfordshire, there may be, what, how many supermarkets in general? You know, maybe 20, 30 supermarkets. Yeah. So there's 30 supermarkets across, right across Oxfordshire. Then it might be only two or three that are selling out. But then it perpetuates across social media. Oh, it's selling out, therefore people will go to the next supermarket. Oh, they've got stock, therefore I'll get double the amount I've got, which means their stock runs out much faster. That happened during the fuel crisis in the early 2000s. It did. It kind of reminds me a lot about that fuel crisis in the early 2000s. I don't think that, I don't think a lot of people actually learn anything from that. My mum didn't even remember it happening. So it, it that definitely perpetuated a lot of issues, didn't it? Because the fuel was being blocked. That means that more people that there were more people were buying more. Maybe they would they usually get five ten pounds worth of fuel at the time, and they were filling up their car instead, which meant that the the the, the what they had in the petrol station was running out much faster. That means more petrol stations were closing quicker. Then, then people more were panicked more because they had to go to they were going to the other petrol stations and getting more and maybe even filling up a fuel canister. So okay. they were getting too much. Really. So supply, so getting supplies in is that the responsibility uh, of the government to make sure it runs properly, or our responsibility? Well, it kind of opens up the question, doesn't it? That actually. What is that in even 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 in times of plenty, even in times of not you know we're in a relatively interesting and stressful time for some for a lot of people, but who who's who's whose responsibility is it in any way you know is it the government's responsibility in in in, in the long term? I mean I know you've discussed about this in the past, haven't you? Where yeah. you know that the the food the food industry is being propped up potentially by the government anyway. Yeah. Um like supermarkets they say oh you, small traders can't compete because small traders have to charge more because it's cheaper to go to the supermarket but a lot of multinationals are propped up by governments and subsidies so they can charge less so it's actually an artificial cheap price yeah exactly yeah so are we are we living in i've always felt we've we've, we've lived through a time and i think we can go back to the early 90s now um, especially when I started work, I work, I, my first job was in the supermarket and I've mm. always thought that the, 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 the prices were ridiculously mm. low for what you, you get. There, there's also uh, what I've noticed, uh, the British-UK government uh, strategy against the virus has been politicised. People are saying, oh, Labour wouldn't do this and Liberals wouldn't do that. It shouldn't be politicised. The government seems to be, which is slightly ironic, I have to say, Boris Johnson said uh, a couple of days ago, uh, we're recording this on March the 16th, so he said it uh, probably, I'm going to say about March the 12th, mm. uh, that um, he was saying that um, he is being led by scientific advice. Yeah. The irony there, or the hypocrisy, is why isn't he being led by scientific uh, advice regarding environmental crisis we're facing the climate the climate challenge yeah the climate change so um every country is at a different stage aren't they uh our scientists are probably thinking about it a bit different to most others now if they get it right they're going to be heroes yeah um if they get it wrong uh they're going to be the villains i was just going to put put in as well that 
I'm glad. I'm kind of glad this is happening now. Now, regardless, now you, I think it's, it has. It has been. It, there's always a danger of these sorts of things being over politicised, and the political politi politics have to just disappear in this instance. Um, but I'm glad that actually that we have a majority government at this moment in time. Now, I did not particularly vote for this government, and I don't like this government, but at least we actually have a, a majority. That means they have control. If you can, if you can imagine, imagine how Brexit happened, and the arguments and the where, why fours and wherefores. If it's happened maybe four or five months ago, or even, yeah, can you imagine what chaos the country would be oh. in, in now? Because there'll be no decisions being made. Yeah. It should not be politicised. It needs to be cross-party agreement. It needs to be Parliament needs to be in agreement with everything mm. that's happening now because they because we need the government to run. Okay, to so if the government's pumped out their message uh, about the strategy, uh, a lot of people are arguing that it's not the right thing. Like uh, the, the, the some people are saying we should be in quarantine for uh, now. Uh, and not wait for a month. Well, follow, it, follow the lead of something like Ireland, for example. Yeah. Now, um, the, the problem is, like, we've watched a video uh, of a good example. Uh, you know, you can't quarantine people for too long because they just won't adhere to it, well, and you can't police you, it. No, you can't police it because we, we're in a situation anyway in this country where the police are understaffed anyway. You know, the, the government have pledged another 20,000 police officers, so they, they recognise we're understaffed anyway. The NHS is understaffed, so I think the situation has to be managed. It's interesting how Ireland have responded to this compared to the United Kingdom's government. And I do wonder also if, if Ireland, have, they're going through a bit of flux at the moment anyway, aren't they, yeah. uh, politically, because of their, the, the, the results in their election mm. weren't... They, they're, they're trying to get a coalition together, aren't they? Mm. So that's maybe showing what's happening in there politically. Mm politically in Ireland. So what what do we think about the, 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 the British government's technique? That they've pumped out their, their message. Yeah. Should we um, a lot of people in society aren't buy, buying into it because I suspect it's because they're being told what to do by the government and mm. if they were given the information and not told they might actually react more positively. But what do we think about the government's uh, where they put the message out. Do we think it's right? Uh, and have we as a population got the responsibility to uh, adhere to that? Or have we as a population got to break away into small communities to do what's best for our own community? The government itself has the the role to play in getting information out there. But at the same time, they have to talk to everybody at once. So how do you do that? How do you best do that? Yeah. How much time do you have to get a message out? It seems that right now they're wanting to get information out as quickly as possible. So it has to be done in a certain way. It has to be done more more instructional. Mm. You have to be in a way they're just they're telling you what to do, aren't they? Yeah. And I think that's but that isn't that at times of crisis that's what needs to be done. It needs to be very clear information. But the only problem is that there isn't. I know in the UK there are a lot of people that will just literally regardless of whether they think it's the right thing to do they won't do it because the government have told them to they, they, I'm, not, I'm not doing this why should I bother doing this you know because it's should, should we learn the, then that maybe there needs to be an interim stage where the government pumps out its message and then you have uh, localised uh, decision making authorities that then process it for their in the language that their audience will will follow or will there still be this 
what do you call it, conspiracy theorist? Well, there's always going to be conspiracy theorists, but I think the, the problem the problem we have is okay. Let's just that we we want to analogise this a lot of this to the climate crisis, right? We just don't have time, yeah. do we? Really, yeah. you know the. I mean, if 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 the advice is you know to try to avoid t- touching your face, wash your hands on a regular basis, uh, cover your face, cover your mouth when you cough. You know, if that's if that if that's the information that's got out there. I mean, it's got into me as well. That's yeah. that's important, isn't it? That's yeah. what. That's not being told what to do. That's just that maybe that in a way that is advice, isn't it? I think the the lesson here is actually when you walk. I walked down the road yesterday. I was thinking all the stuff we can't see, all the viruses. Mm. The learning from this one is we actually need to be a more clean society because yes. it's pretty disgusting how we live at times. I'm not saying make everything cleansed because we need our immune systems to be exposed to stuff as well. Yeah, but the amount of times I've seen people walk out of the toilet without washing their hands, for yeah. example. Yeah, that's that happens a lot. Yeah. And um, and also maybe the the learning here is we need to, especially us environmentalists. You're probably going to be an environmentalist listening to this, uh, and we're aware of uh, the having to adapt to a new uh, a new way of living going forward because we can't live the way we are, and and the planet still survive because uh, it's a finite planet, and we're just got the wrong values. So environmentalists are prepared and are ready to adapt. I think we have a responsibility to take our time to observe and uh, and absorb everything that's going on around this this virus. Support the local communities or the vulnerable people in in those communities uh, because that's good practice for you know environmental. Say, does it feel like a dry run in a way? You know, in a way, uh, I'm interested to see whether because our generation hasn't really had a catastrophe to deal with. We've not had no major world war, for example. No. So um, I, I just think uh, that there's, there's an opportunity in this. Um, we may not necessarily... I think it's it's clear there's an opportunity, but I'm not necessarily clear what the opportunity is. Well, one, one opportunity I can think of straight away is because of how flights are now being stopped mm. you know I understand that from is it tomorrow which is going to be Tuesday the 17th of March that the, all the European to US flights are going to be stopped mm. now that's going to be great for the environment straight away anyway because mm. you're going to have less there's going to be less carbon being pumped into the atmosphere uh, but isn't it also an opportunity that's an opportunity there straight away that you can learn from that mm. yeah or do you, I need to fly as much as I do yeah so this is going to um challenge the, 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 the way we live, the, the consumer mindset, the I want this now, I want, I want, I want. And um, I, I'm interested in see how we react to that as a society and how other societies react to that. I'm interested to know whether actually we just very quickly go back to uh, how we were. But it all, I think it all The door is open. Yeah, the door is definitely open. I was going to say, I think it all depends on how long this lasts for. Well, I was at the John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford on uh, over the weekend and uh, one consultant said to me that uh, the the opinion in the NHS now and this is just one consultant's opinion that he they don't think the the peak whether how high that peak is isn't going to happen until June July um, and it will actually impact on societal processes going well into autumn 
And we don't know if this is going, people can get reinfected. We don't really know the nature of this. No, we don't. In some ways, I don't think we really know if how how people contract it mm. still. So, uh, in conclusion, do we think there's been an overreaction with coronavirus? In some ways, there has been. It is a panic, and mm. I mean, somebody was somebody was arrested for assault in a supermarket. I think, mm. I believe it was next to. I might have got that wrong, but there was somebody who because mm. they they were fighting over the last something. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I think you've got to... I think I think it's, it's so easy just to get... You can easily get carried away with this sort of thing mm. and look at and, and see what's happening, see what the media are sort of saying. And But do we have any answers? Us two hosts sat here on the People's Countryside Environmental Debate podcast. Do we have any conclusions? My conclusion is... I'm one of, if I think about it too much, I'm one of the people in society who is considered vulnerable because I've got an underlying health issue. Yeah. I, I think I'd, re- I'd still come back to the fact this is an opportunity to, to learn. As we always like to have an end with an action, so that, that's the action there, isn't it? It's an opportunity to learn. And so, to keep an eye on the vulnerable near you. Yeah, and just to, re- and to reach out to somebody who... I mean, vulnerable is such an interesting word anyway. Because you can, there are, you may be your next door neighbours, they might be young, but they might they might be expecting their first mm. child, which is happening to me. Um, to you? Yes, my neighbours. Oh, well, I thought you were. Right, okay. Our, yeah. our neighbours are expecting their first. I thought first, it meant you were pregnant. Expecting their first child very right. soon in April. So they're going to be facing struggles and consequences, especially if, if the supply of goods is, is, is limited. Um, I've got a, a mother who's in the, in that, in the, she's going to be in a, well, I won't give her age out because she'll never forgive me. But Who's your mother? Yes. 75? She's, she's in her early 70s. So she, she's in the vulnerable group and you're also in the vulnerable group. Yeah. So just maybe the action could be to think about in your local area, maybe you live in a flat like myself and you've got a next door neighbour you never speak to. Maybe just knock on their door, or if you see them in the in the hallway, just ask them how they're doing, and you know, open a conversation up. It is mm. that's an opportunity, isn't it? That's the mm. opportunity. Maybe another opportunity is also that you're having to adapt, maybe in a in in to a, to a different situation, especially if we have to go into quarantine for maybe for a couple of weeks. And the, the economy's going to be interesting to watch. It is going to be very interesting to watch, but you, you, we need to. This isn't. This is a potential point point where you need to adapt. Maybe to look at how you you consume, what you what you consume. I mean, my my income will drastically go down, but I have uh, a business that actually uh, the, the the costs don't go up and down if I'm not working. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah we're so, very similar in that way, aren't we? So uh, yeah, it, it's um, I, I'm not particularly scared. Uh, there's mitigation things in place so uh, and I think that's what we all have to think about yeah yeah this is unhealthy but healthy yeah it's, it's almost you can almost liken it to going cold turkey in some ways mm. right you know that the, it, there's definitely going to be some discomfort with this and I'm not I'm not, I'm not talking about people who who will die because of this which mm. is which is always which is always terrible you know that's always tragic but I mean, personal discomfort that you, mm. if you if you don't even if you don't get it, you your 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 life is going to be impacted in some mm. ways. We might be sat here now and we both got it. Yeah, that's 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 I've been mm. thinking about that. That that thought has occurred to me several times. Mm. 
during our conversation, you know, that I could be the carrier and mm. be given to Stuart without mm. me knowing. So, yeah, and I mean, there might be an opportunity for you to be a co-host on the People's Countryside Environmental Debate podcast once my funeral's out of the way. Yeah, once it's, once Stuart's funeral's out of the way. But it'd it, it haunt us anyway. I don't I'd believe haunt it. you for the rest of the I don't, I don't believe in ghosts, but... Um, if, if 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 anything's going to break that, it's going to be Stuart coming back as a ghost. Yeah, there'll be interference on the microphone. Yeah, there's always interference. Yeah, just <laughs> we really have gone down a very strange path. Yeah, Stuart. Well, that's it. Welcome to my world. <laughs> anyway, so just have a think, see where it leads you, and hopefully it will lead you somewhere better than before the coronavirus. Look out for yourself. Look out for the people around you, and um, call that one person you think would need to hear from you as well. Yeah. Okay. See you later.